Hello, everyone. My name is Jamika Banks, and thank you so much for tuning into my podcast, The Transparency Diary. My special guest for today is my mother. Can you introduce yourself, Mom? Hi, my name is Jamie. And she is a recovering addict. So today's segment, we are going to talk a little bit about recovery and how that works and a little bit about our journey to where we are now. Because a lot of people see our glory, but I don't think, you know, people understand the depth of the struggles and the faith and the hope and the fight that we actually had to go through to get here. So how how old are you, mom? I'm 49 years old. And how many years clean do you have? I have seven years, five months, and 15 days. Yay! So my mom is actually here visiting. She is in New York. She lives in Syracuse, New York. I still live here in Atlanta, Douglasville, Georgia, the outskirts of Atlanta. Um, So for those of you who don't know, my mom is like my best friend. Um, I've always wanted my mom. And through the struggles of what we've been through, it was just so worth it to hang in there and to stick it out with her. Um, so tell me a little bit about uh, your struggle with addiction and how you know it came about. Well, I started smoking weed at 13, cigarettes at 13. Started um, hanging out with friends and um, at a very young age who was into drugs and alcohol so I was an alcoholic at a very young age I want to say around 15 16 um, and through that um, that was the beginning of my addiction I didn't know it back then but I was drinking every day with my girlfriend smoking pin joints back then um, we didn't believe in blunts we didn't even know blunts existed uh, but after that, I started hanging out in bars. My mother was a bartender, so I started hanging out in bars at a young age because everyone knew her. And um, the ones that respected, gave her the utmost respect, would know I was up, I was underage and they would push me out, tell me I had to leave. So I would stand outside the bar with um, 40 ounces with my girlfriends who couldn't get in and we would drink and get drunk and then we would go to after parties and as I got older my disease progressed um, I started sniffing cocaine I want to say around 18 17 18 and um, I took a liking to the feeling of it so back then there was it was called um, base free base so um, I was introduced to cocaine mixed with baking soda um, around 20 and that's when my disease took off I've been um, using drugs for over 20 years and uh, in between having kids and going to jail and um, being homeless and things like that So I just want to let you guys know that a lot of my strength and my life transgressions have come from watching my mom conquer this disease because she had this disease before me. So I was born into this lifestyle and into this disease and, you know, I maneuvered my way through my own life and my own life struggles with dealing with her addiction. So, but I've watched her conquer it. I've watched her start from the bottom and literally work her way up 
to where she is now and it is so beautiful to see so when i go through things i'm in my own life i look at her and where she's been and where she is now and it gives me so much hope and inspiration because drug addiction is a serious matter it affects the lives of not just the person addicted but the family member the children the spouse the companion all of that um so after you had kids mom what was your struggle with your addiction when it came to not being able to stop because you had kids can you explain a little bit of um how hard it is to stop um first of all you gotta want to stop and you can't stop for your kids and i learned that later on in life that um when i was having kids and you know i tried to stop i couldn't because um, for one, I probably didn't want to stop. Most likely that was the case. And um, for two, I was addicted and I, I didn't know how to get help. So um, I'm from Schenectady, New York. Well, I grew up in Schenectady, New York. So back then there wasn't, there was AA and not NA. And, and AA was very short. It was an hour. They had a different type of language. You couldn't cuss. You, you, they had rules when you came in the door. So um, me coming straight off the streets to an AA meeting with a bunch of alcoholics who have no idea what narcotics synonymous or with the disease of addiction as far as narcotics is concerned does to a person. Um, they didn't relate. And I didn't relate to um, what AA was talking about. So I went back to the streets. Um, it took a long time for me to realize that I had a disease even when I was having kids. It took a long time for me to get the help that I needed, even when I was having kids. And um, it was just a fight um, to, to stop using. Right. So I remember when I was younger, um, my, mom's, my mom's addiction had subjected me and my sister. Uh, my mom has three daughters. I'm the oldest. Um, we, I have a middle sister, uh, and I have a younger sister and me and my younger sister actually, um, ended up going to foster care. And I just remember not being able to see my mom. I didn't understand why. And I don't think I ever asked you, but how did that affect you as a mom? Well, you got to remember I was in active addiction, so, um, it took years for that to, for me to even realize that um, what had took place back then because um, I was still using. I, I, I used years after you guys were taken. I used years after um, I lost my parental rights with um, my youngest daughter. So um, at that time, I didn't realize how serious my disease was. I kept going. I didn't have any more responsibilities, so it was easier for me to keep going. Mm. So throughout my life, just to give a little bit of my insight, um, my mom was probably in and out. And um, I remember being bounced around a lot between foster care, uh, my father, he was in and out of jail. And the times that I did go to a foster home, he was in jail, so I had to stay there. When he got out of jail, 
is when he came to get me. And from there, he wasn't stable. So I was bounced around between family members, foster care, um, family friends, um, just about anybody who would take me at that time. And so I remember my mom being in and out. And I remember my dad being completely absent. And um, I didn't understand addiction until I got older. And I think for those of you who have parents who struggle with addiction, you are able to understand it more when you remove the conviction, you know, when you stop convicting the person who is addicted for the things that they've done through this addiction process, it's a lot easier to understand it when you, you know, remove your personal insight of what you think addiction is. And it didn't dawn on me that she really had a struggle until I started to learn more about what addiction is and how it truly affects the person regardless because the truth of the matter is you know when someone is addicted whether it's drugs whether it's alcohol whether it's pornography they don't really not that they don't care but it's such a stronghold on that person that they don't tend to think about the feelings of everyone else and I didn't understand that until I got older when I actually seen my mom get clean and the downside of when I seen her get clean is when, for those of you who don't know my testimony, um, throughout my life, when I got older, I got about 13, I had an anger issue because I was so displaced and I used to go outside and fight and I started to get in trouble around 13, 14 years old. My mom had came to get me. I lived, was living in New York City and she came to get me and I started living with her at the age of 13 in Syracuse, New York. Um, I was under the assumption originally that she was clean, her and my stepdad. Um, my stepdad is also a recovering addict and, you know, I didn't understand it until literally firsthand I started to see the effects of my own issues and I was getting into trouble, fighting, going back and forth into group homes. And then I turned 16, I started going to the big house jail. So during my time in jail, which, you know, I take full responsibility for my actions by the grace of God. I was a youthful offender. So my record has been expunged. And, you know, I just remember her visiting me in jail and she was a completely different person. And I always blamed her addiction on my own life circumstances. And at the age of 13, you know, fighting was not a result of her addiction anymore. It was something that I didn't deal with internally with my anger issues. Granted, it might have stemmed from my life experience with that, but, you know, she got clean. So at that point, she did, she visited me when I was in jail. I was 16 mm -hmm. and I remember in jail, I kept getting in trouble and she looked at me and she said, you know, why do you keep doing these things? When are you going to, you know, change your life around? When are you going to do better? And I just kept saying this, this list of things that had transpired as a result of her addiction. And she looked me in my eyes and she said, I'm not on drugs anymore. You have no excuse. And I, that was such a powerful statement and such a life-changing 
conversation for me because that was the first time I actually looked at my mom and I realized she was no longer an addict or that she was an addict, but she was not who she used to be and she wasn't an active addiction. Do you remember that conversation? That was a deep conversation for me. And um, on the bright side, when I got out of jail, I changed my life around. I went to nursing school and uh, became a nurse shortly after. And uh, my mom has been my biggest supporter ever since. Ever since I looked at her and see how much she changed and the things that she was doing in her life, it is just so inspirational because I'm so blessed to have this woman as a mother, despite our past transgressions and things that we've been through. And what what motivates you today to stay clean? Um, living life, a different life. I'm the person I'm supposed to be. All those years I've used, I've lost, not literally, but literally lost contact with who I am and who I was supposed to be. And um, the goals that I that I reach and the accomplishments that I accomplish are um, amazing. Like it's uh, like there's nothing like coming from being a crackhead to being a productive member of society. I hold jobs down for years. I um. I purchase nice things for my apartment. I pay rent. I pay a lot of rent. <laughs> I buy groceries. <laughs> I, I don't get public assistance anymore. You know, I, back then I lived off the system. I haven't gotten public assistance in, I want to say, at least four years. Um, I'm responsible. You know, I'm a better me. I wake up every morning and I thank God for the struggles. And I still struggle, but I don't struggle in that area anymore. Um, I keep going because my grandkids have never seen me high. I keep going because I have a, God has given me another chance to raise some kids, grandkids, you know, to be in their lives and, and to hear them, you know, miss me, tell me they miss me, tell me they love me. Um, that's what keeps me going. That's... That's what keeps me alive. Like, my, my grandkids keep me alive. That's what I live for today. Amen. And I appreciate you as a mom and as a grandma. Um, you know, my kids adore you. Joelle and Javion adore you. And I just want to take this time to say I'm super proud of you, Mom. Thank you. You have, you have come so far. And again what you have accomplished and the things that you have conquered thus far is what keeps me going this is what keeps me you know motivated to go back to school at 29 years old and pursue a doctorate degree and have these goals of you know the things that I'm doing a business owner and you know working and being a mom to my to my kids as well um you play a huge part in that and I just want to let you know that I am thankful for your recovery and I don't know where I'd be internally, mentally, emotionally if it was not for your healing. And I also want to ask you, um, what part does God play in your recovery? All parts. 
every every angle, every inch, every up and down, everything. Everything. He plays the he plays the major role in who I am today. Amen. So for those of you out there who are listening who may have a parent, a brother, a grandmother, a friend who is in active addiction, who may have done some things that you may not agree with, some things that may have even hurt you. My words of encouragement to you are to set aside your own understanding and sympathize with them. Never tarnish the image of them of what they could be. Do not give up on them and always encourage them to be their better selves and just love on them because we are a living testimony that conquering addiction is possible. God is a healer. He is a redeemer. He is a forgiver. Forgiver, yes. And all things are possible through God. And I just want to encourage everyone out there to take a look at what could be produced because I didn't have a mom. I grew up without a mother. I was a motherless child. And today I no longer can claim that I have a mom and I'm no longer a motherless child. She is still on this earth. She is clean. She is happy. She is healthy. She is healed. And it is possible. And I just encourage you to not give up. And, you know, I used to go with my mom to meetings. I started, I used to be embarrassed to go to meetings with her because I walked in. I'm like, I don't want these people to think that I'm, I'm, I have an addiction problem. So I set that aside and I just showed up for her and I would hear her share and I would, you know, clap. I was her biggest supporter. And and how did that make you feel to know that I supported you in that? Um, well, because we had such a rough road, um, in the beginning, um, Oh, well, while I was using, um, it gave me my fight. It allowed me to, um, succeed. And it was a great feeling. Like every time you showed up for my celebrations, I've used there for my first year celebration. Um, you were there for more, almost all of my celebrations. I think you missed one year. So um, yeah, it was just one. I think two. The support, years ago. the support means everything. But support from the ones you've hurt the most, this, this, it's an overwhelming feeling of gratitude that God put on their hearts to forgive, because God already forgave me, right? And not to sound um, mean or anything, but there was a time where that's all I needed was for him to forgive me and for me to forgive me. And if I apologize to anyone for any wrong I've done to them while under the influence of drugs and they didn't forgive me, it was okay. I did my part by apologizing sincerely. So um, just a little... A little um, have some sympathy, empathy, um, compassion, compassion for the addict who's still 
who is still sick and suffering. See, because out of every family, in every family, there is an addict. Uh, 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 whether it's alcohol, drugs, opiates, there's an addict in, in every family. And, and if you're listening, you're thinking about that addict that I'm talking about. So we don't just get up and brush ourselves off. We need help. I didn't just appear this way. I didn't wake up like this. I had to get on my knees and ask God for guidance and for help. I had to go and seek the, the other help that I needed. See, because God, he, he gives it to me, but there was something I had to do. I had to be a, a willing participant in my own recovery. So, you know, there's help out there. There's help out there. And you know what? When I was homeless, my daughter said to me, and I was ashamed, and I was using, but I was ashamed. My daughter told me, come to the shelter. We'll all be here. And I was like, what? <laughs> and, and you know, I was like, at first I was like, I'm not going to no shelter. But the fact that she said, we'll all be here, it, it made sense, you know, that she wasn't ashamed that her mom was, she was no longer ashamed of me, period. Not even being homeless and going into the same shelter she was already in, you know. Um, with my kid. With with my grands, my oldest grandson. He was about three back then. He was two. He was two. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you got to give, like, you got to give, give us a break, you know. You got to, you got to look, because, you know, me and Jamika has had some really, really hurtful arguments. You know what I mean? But. And I get it. I get it. She was hurt. I get it. But I remember, remember I asked you to forgive me? Yeah. You, you gotta, you gotta be, be, I'm not saying, you know, drop everything you're doing and forgive because that's not easy. Some of us, um, forgiveness is definitely a process. Some of us, right. Some of us, um. I know I've hurt a lot of people in my path when I was using. I know I have. Um, and some of them aren't here for me to ask forgiveness from. But the ones that are, um, I ask. I ask them for forgiveness. Or I have asked. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's like the ones that feel like I owe them something still, you know, are the ones that are bitter they can't seem to let go. Um, and my life is still moving on. I'm still pushing forward. I'm still doing the things that I need to do for myself. I'm still living my life um, accordingly as a recovering addict. So um, you gotta, you gotta, I suggest that you, you know, you don't be so hard on the other person um, because it, it don't feel good. But then it won't feel good to you when they do their part and forgive and and, 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 and you know, apologizing and you're still stuck in that mess and their life is moving on. You know, that, that it, 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 it like it has a way of flipping the script on you. So um, have some faith in the person that's using. Have some some um, pride in yourself to to step out of yourself and, and give the other person a break, you know, and a break meaning, you know, don't down them, don't look down on them, because we're human, I, a lot of people looked down on me when I was using, 
you know. And even though I was under the influence and didn't care at that time, you know, there was a moment of clarity when I thought about that. Mm. That person, you know, the way they looked at me, the way they judged me, you know. So life is great for me. Um, I'm blessed. Um, Every day I get up with a smile on my face. I take a a bad situation. I take a bad situation and find something good out of it. Every single situation. So, um, thanks. Well, thank you for coming, Mom. My mom is here visiting. Um, And I just want to say thank you to my listeners. And again, I encourage anyone who has a parent who's in active addiction or I didn't think about it. Um, if you have a parent who was in active addiction and is now clean, I encourage you to give them a chance because beautiful things come from forgiveness. Beautiful things come from loving on someone through it. And it's a tough pill to swallow when you are holding on to so much anger and so much hurt and we want to hold on to it. There were times where I wanted to hold on to it, but it's a a cross world effect. Do I hold on to this anger? Do I dwell on the hurt? Or do I let that go and pursue a life of forgiveness with this person and to rebuild what has been broken? Do I love this person more than myself? Do I want this relationship to flourish more than I want to hold on to the anger and the pain? Because it is hard to let go. It is hard to forget. It is hard to forgive. However, it is a process. And I can tell you forgiveness and love feels much better than anger and hatred and, you know, just carrying this burden of just hate for someone because of the things that they did to you and it's okay you know it's okay to be hurt but don't allow your pain to hinder you from healing because there is beauty in healing God intends for us all to heal and again all things are possible through him so I encourage you guys to pick up the phone today call even if you have nothing to talk about nothing to say Call that person, call that family member, call that friend and let them know, hey, I still love you because they need to hear that. They need to know that there's someone in their corner still fighting for them. And that might change their life. It might. It just might. I loved on my mom through all of it. Granted, we had our issues, but I loved on her seriously hard. I used to go to crack houses and try to fight everybody in the entire building. Like, let me see my mom, let her out of there or I'm calling the police. After I beat up a few people. You used to say, put me out. Don't put me out. Put her out now. So, you know, having someone to fight for them means the world. And in the long run, it will help. Love on them. Every chance I got during my mom's active addiction, there were days where I didn't see her. She would leave for months. And when I found her or when when she finally showed up, I would hug her and tell her I loved her. Because the truth is, I didn't know if that was the last time I was going to be able to do that. I was unsure. I was uncertain. You know what I'm saying? So just love on them. Don't don't let them live this life of struggle and addiction. And it's really literally a prison for them. I can't imagine the things that I've seen to, for what they're really going through. So just love on them. 
Love is the answer to all things. And it is not easy, but it feels good. Call that person today. I encourage you. And tell them you love them if you have nothing else to say to them. And if you forgive them, call them and let them know you forgive them. Release them from the bondage of the things that they've done. Help them move forward. And most importantly, do not kick them while they're down. They know that they're hurting people. They don't realize the magnitude of what they're doing. But, you know, just don't kick them while they're down. Don't don't help them dig themselves deeper in a ditch by putting the shackles of shame on them. Because it doesn't feel good. You know, it doesn't feel good for them either. I can't imagine at all the things that I've said to my mom each time she left out. And it's like she got worse. You know, so... I just encourage you guys to do that. Don't forget, love is the answer. Call that person today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope you guys enjoy each segment that I put out there of the Transparency Diary. We will be talking about a lot of real life situations, providing hope and encouragement, and just giving out the testimony of things that people have been through giving you guys hope to let you guys know that it is possible to conquer it is possible to overcome so thank you guys for listening and i hope you enjoyed until next time see you guys later